0: Welcome to the uh, last contest winner, last contest drawing of the winner of the uh, $1,000 giveaway at dancefish.com. So we have drawn nine lucky winners before they are, in order in which they were drawn, uh, Dolores Miranda, Johnny Cruz, Craig Wiggins, Justin Lapp, Moses Mosqueda, Francis Cardi, Garrett Davidson. Nathan Howell or Horrell and Kelly Bryson, and tonight we will be drawing the tenth and final winner, and um, I'm excited about that last one. So we'll let some people join the chat, uh, wait a few minutes, and then we'll uh, or a couple minutes, and then we'll go ahead and draw the final winner, and that person will get. Um, at dancefish.com joining the nine other people who have received $100 of free aquarium fish from dancefish.com. So that is what's going on tonight. Um, hopefully everyone had a good day. I had an exciting thing happen, which is a few days ago. Um, I had some albino corridors and spawn and I know they're not a difficult to spawn fish or super rare or anything like that, but, um, They spawned for me, and today they hatched. So I have a whole bunch of uh, new Corydoras aninas albinos. Um, They're basically a big yolk sac with a wiggling tail right now. (laughs) They haven't absorbed their yolk sac or anything yet, but but that was really cool. I was was glad that I could do that. Um, I hope that things are going okay. It looks like things might be buffering a lot. So unfortunately, I'm not able to see anyone's chat if anyone has joined because it is still buffering. Um, But hopefully it's coming through okay on your guys' end, um, and hopefully this will clear up soon, and I'll be able to see any comments people are leaving. If I'm not responding to your comments, it's just because I can't see them yet. Uh, For some reason, yeah, for some reason, it's uh, it's having a little bit of difficulty. So anyway, I hope this is still working on your guys' end. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and draw winner number 10 for tonight, um, because if all else fails, at least that will get done. <laughs> and man, I hope the I hope the buffering ends and the chat starts coming through pretty soon because I want to I want to see how everyone's doing. Um, but that's not the case right now. This might be a real short live stream. <laughs> we'll see. Um Oh, good. We got our first person through. Good. Doc wife, Wi-Fi is here. Fishing in Glass is here. All right. Good. People are starting to come through. I'm glad. I'm glad. Welcome, everybody. Um, starting to be able to see the chats. So hopefully things are getting through. Um, doc Wi-Fi and Fish in Glass, could you tell me if, if this is okay on your end? Um, it's... Uh, what I'm seeing is just this, um, <laughs> this ultimate loop of buffering. So I'm really hoping it's okay on your end, but let me know if it's like, oh, it's good to go, working fine. Okay, great. So it's just me who, uh, who can't see the video. I'm glad you guys can. Hey, Max, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Glad you are here. Um, All righty. So I'm going to go ahead and draw winner number 10 Um, just because this is the last time for anyone uh, just watching this. I'm going to tell you what's going on. So a little while ago, the DanceFish channel on YouTube uh, got a thousand subscribers, which took a long time. And so I was really excited about that and I wanted to uh, do something fun to commemorate that. So created a contest where in my website, dancefish.com, where we sell aquarium fish. Um, I decided to give away $1,000 because I had 1,000 subscribers. So um, we have drawn nine winners till now, and they've each gotten $100 to spend at Dan's Fish. And tonight, we'll draw the last and final winner of a, uh, $100. Um, and as soon as that winner is drawn, I'll put a, a $100 of credit on their account at Dancefish.com. In addition, anyone that signs up until midnight mountain time tonight will get an automatic $10 credit uh, put on their account just for signing up and creating an account at dancefish.com. So that's kind of what's going on. So, all right. Oh, cool, Fishing and, and Gungeon spawned. Well, I can't wait to hear about that. Let me draw this last winner and then um, and then I want to hear all about that. Okay, just a second here. Bringing up Gleam is the widget that I'm using to curate this contest. Um, so we have an unbiased third party uh, robot basically drawing these winners. Okay, here we go. There we go. The last one. It's a little bit sad. This has been a blast. So here we go. Drawing and it's processing. Okay, we have our last winner. Okay. Just drawing it out a little bit. Just a little bit of suspense. Okay, congratulations to John Y., Gicking. Yep, that's it. G-I-C-K-I-N-G. Gicking. John Gicking um, from St. Petersburg, Florida. You've won $100 from DansFish.com. And you got that for uh, following the DansFish Facebook page or liking the DansFish Facebook page. So congratulations to John Gicking. Um, You're the last one. So I hope you enjoy spending that and buying some awesome fish over at the website. So um so fish and glass, tell me about the gungeons. Uh were these the peacock gungeons? That's that's what I'm guessing. And um are you gonna artificially incubate them or are you gonna leave them in with the mail? Uh, just curious. Yeah, the peacocks, awesome, awesome. Scout Town, hey, welcome. Glad you're here. Hannah Pritchard. Dang it. My husband's name is John Wyatt. Or he like, it's that like, like the lottery draw when it's like, yes, yes, yes. And then they get to the last number and it's like, no, oh, it was one of those. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So the contest is now closed. Although until 1159 tonight, anyone that creates an account at dancefish.com will get a, uh, a free $10 credit applied to their account, um, mountain time. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry again, Hannah, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Well, hello Daniel, Danielle, sorry. Hello, Danielle. Um, so fishing Glass, his peacock gungeon's just spawned again. We were talking about this yesterday, I believe, and he is going to leave them with the male, 20 eggs at least in the PVC. Oh, that's fantastic. How big are they? I'm just curious. I know that fish gets about three inches um, just curious how big yours are um, when they started spawning for you. How big were they? All right. So, everyone else, anyone else have any fish spawning for them over the last couple of days? If so, what were they and how did you make that happen? Um, fishing glass, 112. Or, oh, okay. An inch and a half. Okay, got it. <laughs> so, they're an inch and a half. And this is how many spawns have you got out of them? Um, that's pretty young. So. Just curious. Mine are inch, inch and a quarter, and they haven't started spawning yet. In fact, they haven't really, uh, they haven't really sexed out yet. So this is their second one. Cool. Second or third. This is their second spawn. All right. Good to know. A-C-H. Had electric blue car spawn yesterday. Awesome. Is that a, is that a new one for you? Or is this, uh, you old hat at that? Just curious. And how many eggs did you get? And are they all fertile and everything going good? Peter, hello. Hello, Peter. Welcome. Welcome back. You made it at the beginning-ish this time, so that's good. So um for everyone that that wants to know, this is Peter Thiel, and he, he identifies himself as poor Peter. <laughs> so <laughs> the poor Peter Thiel. Well, welcome, Peter. Glad you're here. Um, yeah, the electric blue cars are cool. And they don't have a lot of the problems that some of the like the Electric blue uh, Jack Dempsey's and stuff have. So that's awesome. Yes, for uh, so ACH who just spawned the um, electric blue Akara's says, Yes, it's new for me. Probably have 40 eggs. Great, great, great. Peter, I just purchased my fourth 10 gallon during the Petco buck a gallon sale. That's the way to do it. Like Petco and PetSmart, you know, they they get a lot of grief from a lot of people, but at least they give us the dollar per gallon sale, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you going to do with those? Are you creating a rack and are you going to breed or is there just do some planted tanks or kind of what's your plan, Peter? Hannah Pritchard. Oh man, I just got 10 more 10 gallons and I think I'm going back for a 20 long. A 20? I think that says 20 L. I had to look. I thought it might be 20 with an exclamation point. So 20 long. Awesome. So, uh, Hannah, what's your plan? Uh, what are you going to do with them? And if it's breeding, what are you planning on breeding? So Peter Thiel creating a rack to breed guppies. Awesome. Are these guppies you already have or are they kinds you're looking for? Because there might be people in the chat that, that have guppies that if you're looking for a specific kind, they might be able to hook you up. Um, fishing glass 13, t- uh, 13 tanks, foals, Thirteen tanks full, I think, is what that's supposed to say. Ten more on the way. Yeah, multiple tank syndrome. It's a sickness. You get that. You get that needle in your vein, man. But you know what? Aquariums, heroin. Aquariums, heroin. You know it's. <laughs> we'll take the aquarium sickness, right? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Uh, Peter Thiel's getting purples. The purple guppies. Right on. Right on. So that's awesome. So you'll have ten four 10 gallon tanks. That's enough to really uh, really get a strain going for you. That's great. You'll be able to raise a lot of fry with that. So I think that sounds great. Uh, Peter, no, I am purchasing from an IFGA club member. I don't know which one, either championship show guppies or quality guppies. Okay, great, yeah. So that's the real deal. So you're paying real money for those then if they're IFGA. and hopefully that means that they'll throw, you know, pretty purely for you. So the offspring, hopefully you'll get a high percentage um, of purple in that. That sounds awesome. And there is there is a real difference between, you know, some of those uh, IFGA strains and like a pet store guppy for sure, if you're breeding, especially because um, you'll just get, you'll get so many more babies come out that are the proper color and shape and things, that if that's what you're trying to do, um, if it's like, no, I want purples and you want all the babies to be that so you can kind of improve the strain and make it your own, then that's the way to go. It's worth the money. 50 bucks for a trio. Yeah, that sounds sounds about right for IFGA. Mm-hmm. All right. Rich Andy. Hey, Dan. Well, hey, Rich. How are you? Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Hannah, I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do, I have some betta pairs that I will breed soon and I'd love to get some killifish, just trying to decide which. Um, so I'm assuming these are betta splendens. Um, do you know what variety yet you want to set up for breeding? Are they uh, half moons or placats or, or giants or something? Are they wild types? And then if, if there's some killies that you're really interested in and you just want to know a little bit about them, I might be able to give you some information if there's a couple strains that or a couple species that you're wondering about, yeah. Hangar seventy-seven, how are your cory eggs doing? They hatched today, Hangar, so they are no longer eggs. They are little yolk sacks with tails wiggling on them. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just like this. <laughs> so a lot of fish when they hatch, they're pretty well developed, right? And they'll they'll just start swimming around. That's true of like killifish and rice fish and rainbow fish and a lot of fish. But corridors aren't like that. They there's an egg and then one day this tail appears and the egg starts swimming around basically is what it looks like. So that's where they're at. They're, they're wigglers right now. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty glad to know. So it's their first spawn ever. So I'm pretty glad to know that, uh, that I've got compatible fish in there and they're fertile and all that. Cause it's a pretty successful, um, I, of the 15 that I put in there after taking out any that were white or anything, I think they're all hatching. So, I'm pretty excited about that yeah dink tanks hey everyone hey dink glad you're here um hannah pritchard i have double ray crown tails okay and a dragon pair and i'm getting copper and i can never say this species name smaragadina i think <laughs> yeah i would love to talk to you about killifish later for sure sure um I might not have the kind that you need. I've got a couple kinds, but if there's a kind that you're like, I really want to know about this specific, I don't know, the or epiplates or, or whatever it is, um, might be able to tell you, Ooh, I kept that. And they were super, I don't know, aggressive or, or no, those are super easy. You know, I might be able to tell you a little bit of experience if I've kept that species. There's, there's so many, I haven't kept them all by any means, but yeah, Peter, a lot of guppy breeders also breed quarries. Yeah. So I'm going to, um, my plan is basically to raise the quarry babies underneath the rainbow fish or underneath the, uh, the live bears. Yeah, because th- those rainbows tend to stay in the upper half of the tank. So I'm always like, come on, there's plenty of room on the bottom, but they don't want to go down there. So I'll raise some quarries under them. I think that'll be awesome. Um, A- ACH, what species quarries... Did you spawn? Um, this time it was Corridor's Aeneas, the albinos. So it's nothing to write home about, right? I mean, that's it's not like an, a really difficult species or anything like that, but, but it's still fun. So albino Corridor's Aeneas is, is what I had spawned for me. I've got the uh, Arcoatis, so the skunk quarry set up, and I've got uh, Trilineatus, the False Julie quarry set up too. So um, And then I think I'm going to set up some uh, Mete and Molini as well. And see if those will go too. Yeah, Hannah Pritchard, any advice is all welcome. I really appreciate it. Well, yeah, I'll be happy to once you're a little further along. Yep. Cool. So, um, the electric blue acaras—I've um, never had it. I've never bred those. Never kept those actually. So I'm just curious. Um, what's kind of the? How did you get them to go? Were they just keep them in a in a community tank and they went for you, or were you specifically? trying to uh, get them to breed ACH, and if so, how did you do that? I'm imagining like a, a flat rock somewhere or, or a flower pot somewhere and in a community tank, but that might be completely off. So let me know uh, what your setup was like. Well, I'm glad this buffering situation resolved because uh, that was a little weird there for a while. I was <laughs> just talking to myself. I couldn't see any of the chats. <laughs> Alrighty, let's see here. Um, so it looks like I'm waiting for ACH to reply, but, um, we've done this for 10 nights in a row. So I think most people who <laughs> probably asked their questions and made most of their comments. So this might be a shorter, uh, live stream tonight. I'm, I'm not going to try to, you know, force it to go longer or anything like that. But, um, but if anyone has any questions, uh, about anything fishy, um, I'll try to answer it, and if I can't answer it, I, I'll not waste your time. I'll just say, I'm sorry, I'm not the right person for that, and try to point you to somewhere or someone uh, where you might be able to get a better answer. Um, but if you have any questions about anything fishy or if you spawned anything this week or in the last couple weeks or, or anything exciting like that happening, I, I love to geek out on that stuff. So, ACH, they're in a community tank. They laid on a flat piece of wood. The female's pretty aggressive defending the eggs. Yeah. Okay. So it is a community tank situation. Um, is the plan to actually try to raise the babies and stuff? or Are you going to kind of let nature take its course and, uh, and they will be tetra food eventually. Um, just curious what your, your plan is. Doc Wi-Fi. Hi Dan. How do you deal with bacteria bloom, cloudy water and newly established tanks? Um, well, I haven't had to deal with that for a while. Um, because of the amount of water I change. It just, uh, prevents any, any kind of bacterial bloom or or anything from building up because it's constantly diluted. But, um, for me, honestly, it was basically, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about like a white cloudiness in the water. That's what I assume you're talking about when you say bacterial bloom. And if it's a new tank, my advice is just, um, honestly, just keep going as normal. As long as the ammonia and nitrite are not super elevated, then I would just keep going as normal and it will eventually clear out um, over time. Once the tank becomes balanced, that'll kind of clear down. Now, if you're like, oh, this is in my living room and I have company over a lot and it's an eyesore and I need it cleared up right now. Um, a UV sterilizer can do that and you can get, there's all different kinds of those all different price ranges, but that'll definitely a UV sterilizer will, will kill, um, organisms that are living in the water column. Basically, as it goes through, it'll just zap them and, and they'll, they'll be killed off. Um, but, if you have a maintenance schedule that works for you on other aquariums and everything, and this is just a new tank, um, I would honestly just, just let it go and time will, time will take care of that for you. So if you're in a hurry, UV sterilizer um, might be the best solution for, for long term. Eventually, it's going to get to the point where the tank doesn't have that issue. And until that happens, if you need it to... It's like, yeah, we're having company over tomorrow, and it's like this massive tank in our living room. Uh, that's maybe what I would do. Yeah. Um, does anyone else have any other experience with, uh, you know, that white cloudiness you can get when you first start up an aquarium? If so, let's uh, let's let's uh, leave your comments so that we can get some more ideas out there. So those are my ideas. Um, Okay. Looking at the chat, trying to find out where we are. Peter, do you use a commercial brine shrimp hatchery? I, I do. Um, kind of, I have two brine shrimp hatcheries. Um, my hope is this, I guess it's Sunday now. So this week to do a fish room tour and I'll show you that in the tour and there are two liters each and I just rotate them. So I'll start one, And then if i have enough fish going that i need constant supply then i'll uh, halfway through its cycle start the other one and then i can have a constant supply of brine shrimp um i rare that that takes a lot of fish to need that many baby brine shrimp though so usually what i do um, is i put the cysts in in the evening and then they'll be ready not in 24 hours but in a day and a night. So, the morning of the second day after I put them in, they'll be ready to go. So, that's how I usually do it, unless I need just a ton. And it takes that long because I don't have any heat on them or anything. They're just in the at fish room temperatures, which for me is kind of in the mid 70s. Um, it's 77 degrees here in the fish room right now. So, yeah. Um, but I love them. Uh, those cones, I got mine from Gemco and they work super well. I don't know if they're selling them anymore at Jemco, but yeah, I like them a lot. I don't use that massive commercial one though, um, that $300 monstrosity. <laughs> I don't use that. Not yet anyway. You know, another thing you can do if you need like a large amounts, like commercial quantities, is I knew a wholesaler in Southern California who would take five-gallon drinking bottles, drinking water bottles, like you would use at the water cooler, and they would make a big hatchery for brine shrimp out of that. They'd flip it upside down and um, dump a bunch of epoxy into the the neck of it so that uh, it was sealed, but they would have some rigid tubing going up through that while the epoxy was in. And once the epoxy was hardened, uh, they would make sure that it was it didn't fill the entire neck of the bottle, so there was still some down there, and you kind of got that conish shape going down into the neck of the bottle, which made it easy to harvest. So, if you need massive commercial quantities and you don't want to shell out, you know, 300 bucks or whatever it is for one of those large hatchers, then a, a five gallon a drinking water bottle, those rigid bottles, that might be an option to look into, you yeah. know. All right. Fish and glass. Everyone is watching football. Vikings getting blown out. Yes. <laughs> I, I assume they are. I did notice that, that there's fewer of us tonight than usual, and I'm pretty sure that's why. <laughs> Duck Wi-Fi. Correct. ACH. Going to see what happens this time. Next time they spawn, I'll pull and hatch. Okay. So yeah, maybe some, depending on what else you have in that tank with them, maybe some will uh, will come through for you. All right. Thanks for the advice. You're welcome, Doc Wife. I hope it helps. Um, What do you use for aquarium lids? I use, uh, it's basically clear corrugated plastic um, like you would use to build a greenhouse with. That's what I use. And I just cut it on a table saw. Works great. And it's light, lightweight. Um, And if you drop them, you're not going to shatter them all over. That's what I like about them. Breakproof proof and then super light. So when I'm going tank to tank to tank to tank, I can just grab them and lift them easily and quickly with one hand while I feed with the other one. And I don't have to worry about, like sometimes you'll lift a glass lid and then if you accidentally drop it, it kind of poof, bangs down on your tank pretty hard. Uh, it, I, that doesn't happen. And they're cheaper in the long run. If you buy like a big sheet of, uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called, what the name of that plastic product is. It's not really called corrugated plastic that's just what i'm calling it it's like twin wall plastic Um, and buy a big sheet of that you can create a lot of lids and eventually if you do it enough quantity it comes out to be quite a bit less expensive than glass lids so that's what i'm using and and I've, i've really liked them i've used them for quite a while and i like them a lot yeah um all right well we've reached the bottom of the chat um, I think there's a lot of football tonight, as uh, Doc Wi-Fi observed. Oh, got another question here. So Fish and Glass, when do you start the fry with brine? I fed rainbows with infusoria. Okay, good question. So depends on the species. Um, are you asking about a specific species? If not, then it's just all about size, right? So a lot of rainbow fish fry can't eat brine shrimp to start with, as you know you started them with infusoria. Um, and for any fish that in general, okay, so any fish that is too small to eat baby brine shrimp from the get-go, um, there's a few things to do. What I do with rainbow fish fry is I put them in a little uh, plastic shoe box and I feed them vinegar eels, and um, i also always sprinkle a little bit of powder food on top and the powder food i generally use is golden pearls and i use the 5 to 50 micron size so it's really small it's like dust and i sprinkle that on the top because rainbow fish tend to like staying up at the top and they eat really well on that so i'll put in some vinegar eels and some of that Um, sometimes i might drop in some micro worms and then i do that for a little while maybe a week, maybe two weeks, depends on the species and how quickly they grow. And then I'll start introducing uh, more microworms and more baby brine shrimp and switching them over gradually. But infusori is a great first food for fry. And the thing I'm intrigued about trying, which I haven't really done in any serious way yet, is rotifers or rotifers, depends on who you talk to. Um, I call them rotifers and I found a, a company that has a system that I want to try out, like a rotifer culturing system. It's not quite professional, but, um, but it looks like it comes from people with professional rotifer production experience. It looks pretty easy to use. I can't remember the website or anything right now. Um, one of these times I will and I'll post it up, but that's what I'd like to try in the future. Because I'd like to try raising some, uh, you know, some tetras and, and fish that are just super tiny as fry. But that's how I do it so far. And it, that works really well for me. As soon as they're big enough to eat baby brine shrimp, then I tend to go that way because it's so easy. And it's easy to see if they're eating well because their tummies get so full. Um, but I also continue to feed um, microworms and vinegar eels and such as well just to give them some variety. And often crushed up flake or powder, things like that yeah all right um robert flores hey three in a row robert we're doing good welcome glad you are here thomas hello dan hello thomas glad you're here glad you could make it hope you're feeling better than you were yesterday william evening dan and fishy folks Well, william welcome aquatic hobbyist yo yo fishing glass right on man thank you well fishing glass you are welcome um so everyone that just piled in, we had hit the bottom of chat, and I was actually about to, uh, to close this down. So if anyone has any comments or any questions that they, they want to chat about, did anyone have any fish spawn in the last few days or this week? If so, I want to hear about it. Um, but let me tell you who won tonight for those that are just joining us. Our winner is John Gicking, G-I-C-K-I-N-G, Gicking. From St. Petersburg, Florida. So he's our final winner, (laughs) winner, our final winner, and um, he won uh, by liking our Facebook page. So John is the last one. Um, Man, I wish it had been someone in the chat live that won while I drew. That would have been a lot more exciting. But we'll do future contests, and you know some of them are gonna be you have to be in the chat to win or something like that, just so we can keep drawing until someone who's here wins because you know you guys deserve something for being here, right? So we'll do something like that in the future. Yeah. Um fishing glass red on man, uh, game must be done. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> Who won the football game? We're assuming uh it's over because people are showing up. Or was there another live stream I wasn't aware of? Maybe that's what happened too. Um Jen Stranding, congrats. Yes, everyone's congratulating John as well. I concur with that. Thomas Perkins, more Endlers babies and cherry shrimp. Right on. That's awesome. Um, I I don't remember if I asked you what kind of Endlers, which strain it is. Uh, if you don't mind telling us, I'd like to know which color you have. That sounds great. Um, Robert Flores, um, your, your comment was, too racy for chat and was held for review hang on let me click it so it shows up uh let me find it no spawn but i did move my fat srd to my new place and he's thriving from the change good i'm glad to hear that now i'm a little embarrassed to admit srd is not an acronym i'm aware of hang on what would that be Nope, it's not popping in my head. Could someone tell me what SRD is? And then I'll feel like an idiot when you say it. And I'm like, oh yeah, duh. (laughs) Super Red Texas, of course. (laughs) Okay, yep. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) My mind was blanking there for me. Yeah, I'm glad he's doing well. That's awesome. I'm glad he's still doing good. Preston, congrats. Yep. Next time. Yeah, I mean, I will do one that's just for folks in the chat. I mean, that just, at some point, we'll do that for sure. Yep. Yep. Game is still going, hubby is watching. Okay, (laughs) thanks Lisa, thanks for letting us know. Thomas Perkins, dragon endlers, they're yellow, black, and iridescent blue. Ooh, that sounds awesome. That sounds great, yeah. Endlers are so beautiful. Um, Yeah, you see guppies, 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 and then like back in the 90s, I remember seeing my first endlers and it was, they were fantastic. Robert Flores. I mean, Super Red Dragon. Oh, Super Red Dragon? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of figured that with the D. Um, World Pets TV. Thinking of using the Gleam app for a giveaway. How do you like it? So um, let me tell you a couple things about my Gleam experience. World Pets TV. I'd have to say I like it, but there's some things to know about going into it that I didn't. So let me tell you what they are so you can decide if you want to use it. Number one, the first one I had was the free version, which is fantastic, but people would constantly ask me, am I in, am I entered, I'm not sure if I'm entered, like it, it didn't seem that for a lot of people it was really clear if they had been entered or not. And so I would want to look on the back end and see who was entered so I could tell them if they were or not, and I could not do that with the free version. So I ended up coughing up uh, around 40 bucks, 35 bucks, 40 bucks. I can't remember the exact price, but it's 35 to 40 bucks for uh, a paid version of Glean, just so that I could tell people if they were in fact entered in the contest or not. So be aware of that. Um, even if you start with the free version, there's gonna be people that need help and you're not gonna be able to give them the help unless you pay for a paid version. So you might as well just go for the paid version, I guess. So. Um, there might be other uh, widgets and apps that do contests that are free and do give you access to the back end and in that case I wouldn't use Gleam. So next time I look for uh, some some software to help me with the giveaway, I'm going to check for some other f- some other software first. That being said, once I paid the money, it was very easy to find uh, the information on the back end that I needed to help everybody. Um, so I like that part of it. I'm still not quite sure if Gleam notifies the winners they've won or not. I've just emailed everybody. Um, I'm actually behind. I didn't yet email the personal one yesterday. It just, it's been really busy, but I'll do that today or tomorrow. By the end of tomorrow, everyone will be notified for sure. Um, So I had to do quite a bit through email just to make sure that people knew they had won and things like that. So those are kind of the two things that that I learned about the the widget. That being said, everything else about it, it was pretty easy, um, pretty intuitive. Uh, I do like it. So if I can find another app or widget that will do the contest for free and give me access to more information for free, I'll try them. Um, if not, I'll use Gleam again for sure. But you know, it's, it's 35, 40 bucks a month, so. That's, that's a bit, a bit of cash over time. So be aware of that. Um, Thomas Perkins, I'll send you a picture. Great. Great. I'd love to see him. Uh, Preston, what's a good rainbow fish for 29 gallon? It's empty right now. So Preston, I'm going to go with pseudomugil rainbows. Um, I will, hang on, let me pseudomugil. Let me get that genus name and throw it in chat for you so you can see what I'm talking about. And the reason I'm suggesting that instead of like a Melitaniata or something is just for size. The uh Pseudomugle rainbow fish for smaller tanks. Okay, posted that um, in, the, in the comments there. A, a lot of rainbow fish, rainbow fish are really strong swimmers, And if you put a a large species in a tank that size, you can, but really they're gonna want more space, I feel, to swim. And the other thing is, I like to keep rainbow fish in large groups. I find they just thrive a lot better in my opinion. I enjoy them more and I get a lot more eggs all at once. So it makes it easier to raise a large batch of fry, which is something I'm into, when I breed them, that way I can have enough to feel like a, a 30 gallon breeder or 75 gallon tank when they, to grow them out. Um, if I only get like a few fry, then it's, it, then it's hard to grow them out just because it's hard to justify like a dedicating a, a 30 gallon breeder to just a couple fish. So Sudamugles are great. They're small, they're active, they're colorful. Um, and They maybe get two inches, two and a half might be a a large species. I also like Erethrania werneri, which is the feather fin or thread fin rainbow fish. That honestly is one of my favorite fish of all time, Um, just because they are absolutely stunning when they display, and they display a lot if you have a large group. Um, They they not only have those large fins, which they extend and, and shimmy with, but in addition, they've they flicker them super fast, and it, it looks like a hummingbird beating its wings at the bird feeder. I mean, it's gorgeous. So, I like them as well. You might be able to get away with some of the smaller, like dwarf rainbow fish, uh, dwarf neon rainbow fish, or wapoga red lasers or something. But those guys still get three inches, maybe three and a half inches for the wapogas, a big one. Um, and they're pretty strong swimmers. So, So that's what I'd recommend, just any of the smaller species would be great. Now, furcada rainbows are are tough as nails in my experience. Very colorful, very active, peaceful, and super easy to breed. That's also been my experience with most of the pseudomoguls. Research them first, though. There are a few species like the tenilus. I think it's tenilus. that want really high temperatures, so like 85. And there are species as well that do be- better in brackish or um, even salt water, some of them. So that's few and far between. And most of the commonly available ones, if you're going to a pet store to buy them or something like that, are not those. But just be aware, um, there are species that do have some very specific requirements. So check them out first to make sure you're not getting one of those. But any of the kind of common Pure fresh water, non-high temperature, uh, little pseudomugils; those types of rainbows. I've liked them all so far that I've had. Um, Fishman, evening all. Well, evening, Fishman. Glad you are here. Steve Lacane, Lacan. Two ends after the A, so that'd be Lacan, right? Or is it Lacan? Maybe Lacan. Probably Lacan. Um, now that I butchered your name. Three or four ways. Welcome, Steve. Glad you're here. <laughs> Steve says, I finally bought some Busa Philandra Brownie ghost. Well, I don't know that specific Buse, but it sounds cool. Um, and I hope it grows for you. I hope it does well. Thomas Perkins, I'd like to get some of your turquoise rainbow fish. I have a 55. Oh, cool. How many could I run in there? Um, How many could I run in there or would a 29 work? A 55 would be much better for the same reason. Um, Those guys are strong swimmers and they're very active too. So, you know, you could, of course, shoehorn them into a 29. In fact, a lot of breeders would set uh, trios up in a a 10-gallon, a 20-gallon, a 15-gallon. But long-term, I really think at least a four-foot long footprint like on the 55 would do a lot better for them and how many you could keep it kind of just depends on um on how much maintenance you want to do um, if you don't want to do a ton of maintenance see that fish is going to get four five inches maybe a maybe a huge one could get bigger um, i'd go with i'd go 10 or a dozen in there in, in not, if it's a well-established tank, I think you could get 10 or a dozen in there. No problem. I've got 25 of them in a 75 gallon tank, and I could have twice that number in there, but, um, but my maintenance schedule is a little crazy. I think 10, I think 10 would be great. 10 or 12. Yeah. Up to that many, um, Doug's fish adventure. Oh, uh, while we're on that, does anyone else have a 55? And how many rainbows do you find, uh, like the larger species, like the Melitaniata or Glossus seps, or however you say that, Glossolepsis. Um or those those kinds of species? Um, how many do you find work well in a 55? Let's see if we can get Thomas some other opinions on that. Um, Steve, Pseudomugles are cool. I agree. They're, they're awesome. Haven't met one that I didn't like. Um, Diego KF, hello everyone. Diego, welcome. Glad you can make it. Um, Steve, I really, really want Scarlet Gobies. Oh, so do I. I was so mad. I saw them on a list. I went to get them, and Rachel O'Leary beat me to them. <laughs> she bought all of them. <laughs> this was months ago. But uh yeah, she got them. <laughs> I love that fish. And that's that's a rhino gobius that if I got them, I would, I would dedicate an like a large portion of my breeding tanks to them to get them going um they are beautiful and um man i just i want that fish too i'm with you uh dokf do you think zebra daniels can go with multis in a 40 long possibly have a plan b for sure but possibly. I think that they're quick enough and they'll probably stay up high enough that you could get a a, you would probably be fine with that because the 40 long I don't remember how high that tank is but we're talking 18 to 24 inches tall right somewhere in that range I assume Um, that would be tall enough that they could get away from the multis. Now whether they're smart enough to get away from the multis or not and stay up is another question. so, what I would say is if you want to try it, do so. See if you can get larger zebra danios and um, just have a plan B. If they aren't learning to stay up above the shellies, you'll need to move them. Now, um, you didn't ask this, but there, there are other fish that definitely want to stay up high. You know, the hatchet fish um, are a great choice. Um, there's, you know, rainbows tend to want to stay up high. So there are definitely fish, giant danios that you can do that with. Um, just have a plan B for sure. And uh, even with hatchet fish or anything else, um, multis can be, man, if they, they defend their territory and if they have babies, a tiny little mommy multi, she'll, she'll just destroy a much larger fish if it's not staying up high. Yeah. Um, so Does anyone else here have multifasciatus? Um, And if so, what have you kept with them, if anything? Now, let's see if we can give uh, Diego some ideas. Steve. Yeah, I agree. I'd say three inch or larger rainbows like four foot tanks or more. Yeah, absolutely. They're just, they love to swim. And you can get a big enough group to make them really comfortable and really shine. Yeah, dude. La can. La can. Okay, la can. It's French. Well, so is my last name, Hodnet or Oned, right? Yeah. William, what's your Facebook page called, Dan? It's called Dan's Fish. I'll put a link in here for you. Um, I'll take you right to it. Hang on. Let me get to that page. It's taking a moment because it's also trying to stream. Here we go. All right. Uh I gotta go over here to bring the chat back up. And here's the link I'm putting it in comments right now for the Facebook page. Um all right. Thomas Autocorrect hates me. Autocorrect hates us all. Like the robots one day will take over, and it's all gonna be autocorrect that started it for sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> um especially if you type some um Naughty words a lot, let's say, then I've seen some really funky stuff pop up. Um, like when students are sending me stuff and all that, man, I'm like, what do you typically type into your ch- to your chat here, your text? Because, because man, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a little too much about your personal life through autocorrect. <laughs> Preston Shea. Thanks, Dan. I look into the ones you mentioned. I really want some bosomani rainbow fish. Once I got 55 gallons set up, but in the meantime, I want to get started with smaller ones in the 29. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Now, I always hesitate to say this because it so often doesn't come to fruition, but if you already have the 55 and it's just not set up yet, but you're, you're truly going to do that, you could raise smaller Bosmane for sure in the 29. And then once they get a couple inches, transfer them to the um, 55. But here's the problem. A lot of time people are like, I'm going to get this, get this tank. And then um, my experience from working in pet stores, this thing and things like that is a lot of them never do. So if you're truly going to get the 55, you might get some smaller bosomani and grow them out. That's kind of cool because then you can see them sex out. You can see the color changes come on and things like that. And you can get a nice big group and then just keep the best ones in your 55 when you, when you transfer them to that. But you know, you could do smaller ones in the 29 and then move them, just to put it out there. Thomas, thanks for the advice. You're welcome. Hopefully it's helpful, and let's see if anyone else can, can chime in as well. Um, you know, I guess everyone here probably knows this, but I keep fish a very specific way. And, um, you know, my friends keep their fish very specific ways. And so I'm just speaking from my experience, which the way you keep fish might be totally different um and so my experience might not work for you so that's why I always ask is there anyone else in chat that has some ideas because the more ideas you get the more empowered you'll be right because what i tell you might not work for you um hopefully it does but uh, you know sometimes it's not going to um william never mind found it all right Oh, well, I already posted it. So thanks for giving me the excuse to plug the Facebook page, William. I appreciate it. (laughs) Fish and glass. I have 15 three-inch bosomani and irian in a 75, but I overfilter and weekly water change. Yeah. Yep. So do I. (laughs) I do way too many water changes. And it's planted. Yeah, that'll help too. Thomas. I was on seagrass today, saw hummingbird tetras. Oh, yeah, those are cool. I am torn between them and rainbows. Ever kept them, also called darter tetras. One of my favorite tetras ever. And there is, I used to have Kerasidium, That's the genus for the hummingbird tetras. Caracidium rachavi. Let me post, I'm going to post this down there, guys, because it's worth a Google. This is the most beautiful Kerasidium, the most beautiful hummingbird tetra there is, in my opinion. Uh, Sidium rack. Okay. Here it is. Um, I had friends that went and collected it from Uruguay. Um, and hang on, bring it up chat again so I can post this down there. And all of the hummingbird tetras are kind of fascinating. They have this neat behavior. They've, um, or darter tetras, whatever you want to call them. They've adapted to, um, a specific niche. So they, they come from in general, I'm generalizing. There's a lot of species, but they come from fast-flowing streams, and so they don't have much of a swim bladder. If they have any, they stay on the bottom, and they can take the current, just like American darters can, North American darters, or um, you know some of the hillstream type species. They're kind of like that. Maybe not quite as flowing as like hillstream loaches take it. Those guys take take massive flow, but um, but that's the niche they come from. Generalizing. So they're really interesting to watch because they have a different behavior, different mode of locomotion. But the Characidium raccovi has all that plus these beautiful orange to red fins. Um, I think they're the most stunning of the Characidium species. What I found with them for keeping is I could keep them with a lot of different fish. Um, They weren't a problem at all. Um, So if, I would keep them sometimes in tanks that had power heads and they do great sometimes in tanks that just had sponge filters and they would do fine. As long as the water was clean, um, like clean of impurities and stuff that wouldn't deplete oxygen. Um, they need, they, they like a lot of oxygen. So they did great. What I did find though, is at least with the raccovi, the carosidium racovi, and I assume this is the same for other carosidium species, is that so darter tetris hummingbird tetris is that they're the males are very aggressive amongst each other now it doesn't mean you don't see a lot of damage they don't necessarily damage but they'll stress each other out by chasing each other and constantly displaying and asserting dominance over the other males so a group of those is the way to go either one male and lots of females would be great, but you're probably not gonna be able to sex them, especially if you're finding them in the pet store. Um, so my advice is a group to spread that aggression because they are, again, there's a specific hierarchy and you'll have problems of if you only have a couple of the subdominant fish just, just getting so dominated that it's gradually gonna wither away, become stressed. And then at that point, it'll get some kind of sickness or it'll just not get enough food, you know, things like that. But they're a fun fish. Um, they're worth keeping. I hope you get them. I hope you keep them. Uh, the, any any of the caracidium are just a cool addition because of how different they are. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see here. Diego 40 long is 18 inch tall. Okay. 12 wide four foot. Yeah. So that would work great. Uh, what about putting a rock, or some wood, so have two thirds for multis and the rest planted. You could totally do that, but don't underestimate the multis' ability to go where you didn't plan on them going, to, to push a shell over a barrier or move a shell, or even if there are no shells there, if a group can get pushed out or split off and live there. But more decorations could probably help, yeah. But it's really about height. But 18 inches, I think, is high enough. I think you have the height you need uh, to try that. But again, have a plan B, Diego. I can't stress that enough. Because um, it, just because it works you know, 70% of the time doesn't mean you aren't going to be, unfortunately, one of the 30 where it didn't work. Just for fun, family. Hey, Nick, welcome. Hey, what's up, Dan? Sorry I missed last night. Spent some time with the family. How about them, Patriots? Spending time with the family instead of on fish chats? (laughs) Well, of course you should. That's the responsible thing to do. (laughs) But people have functional relationships in this world? (laughs) No. Congrats, Nick. That's fine. Yeah. No worries, my friend. Um, Glad you're here now. And guys, I'm never going to be offended if you don't make it. Like, um, especially after doing 10 in a row, it's like, man, I. I love that some of you have been here time after time. I really appreciate it. But I'm a really busy person and I have a wife and kids and stuff too. And even if I didn't, there'd be other things, I interests and hobbies or friends and things. So I totally understand. Um, it's not gonna bother me if someone's like, hey, I gotta go or misses or whatever. You know, people are busy. People have lives and that's just fine. There's always, you know, you can always watch it later if you're interested. Um, or just check in occasionally. Um, No one has time to do everything, right? I get it, no worries. Uh, Peter, I liked this video, shared it on Twitter, and liked your Facebook page, Dan. Everyone should do the same. Peter, you are a wise sage man. (laughs) Thank you, Peter, I appreciate that. A gentleman and a scholar, as they say. (laughs) Or a rascal and a vagabond, depending on the circles you travel in. Um, Doug's fish adventure, yeah, I agree. Dan is very helpful. Well, thanks, Doug. Preston Shea, got the 55 on hand, but the wife says no. I don't have any advice there, Preston. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm so lucky my wife let me have the basement, but my wife has said no in the past too. And usually in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, I guess we don't need, you know, a 20th tank in the bedroom, honey. I guess that's true. But good luck with that. Um, you know, a weekend massage can help sway things. You know, I don't know. Just good luck. Thomas, I speak, think, I speak three languages. I do science fiction writing in between fish and MTG card, Magic the Gathering. My correct has basically given up all hope. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, reminds me of a song. So I'm a theater geek, okay, guilty. But um, there's this uh, musical called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And there's a song in there called I Speak Six Languages. So <laughs> that made me think of you, Thomas. Um, me, I've got English and uh, I have Castellano, Spanish uh, from Argentina. That's kind of the dialect of Spanish I know. So I just have two, so you got me beat. Janet, hello from Texas. Yes, hello, welcome. Racing, welcome racing, so glad you're here. Hey all, well, hello. Um, just for fun family, was wondering if you guys can help. Okay, add a pool sand and some crushed lava rock to my 125, ooh, that's awesome. Everyone should have a 125, it's a great size tank um after rinsing and water changed twice oh and it's still cloudy right i removed the quarries for about an hour into another crocked tank then back cracked tank maybe now they are stressed four hours later oh will they be okay or do you think it's just getting used to the new substrate all the parameters are in check and advice well um Oh, I also fed them to see if they were okay, and they're all eating fine, just a white color, anything I should add or do. Um, well, everyone, let's chime in and help. Here's my guess as, as to what's happening, Nick, is that if you um, put in a brand new substrate for, for any fish, that's almost like going into a brand new aquarium again. Um, at least they'll be used to the water parameters, right? So that's good. But new substrate for them, that's, that's a huge change. And then imagine if you're a catfish and you spend your life on the substrate, that's an even bigger change. So for them, it's probably like being moved into a brand new tank and put in there, like you just got them. So that, that can be stressful. And maybe that's what you're seeing is the reaction to that. Um, hopefully that's all it is. Just like if you get a fish that's thriving, say at a pet store, and you take it home and put it in a new tank, it's gonna be a few days before it like, calms down completely and settles in and starts acting completely normal. I'm hoping that's what's going on. That's, what, that's my guess. My guess is give it you know, a couple days and they'll probably be right back to normal. Um, don't know for sure, but that's my best guess. If anyone else has any other ideas or has experienced anything similar, uh, with Cory's. Uh, please do chime in. Let's see if we can help Nick out. Peter, good night. I'm off to vegan food in the Castro district. All right. My limo awaits. <laughs> Sir Thiel has left the building. Yes. Um, Nick, uh, meant cycle tank. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, especially if this is a tank that's been set up for a long time and you just change something in it, um, I, I think you're going to be okay. Um, Yeah. Anyway, that's my guess as to what's going on. Lumpy Dog in in Ha House. (laughs) Well, Lumpy Dog, welcome to Ha House. Glad you're here. (laughs) A fishing glass. Are siamensis really aggressive? Um, Let me make sure that that's the uh, Siamese algae eater. Like I think it is. Make sure I've got that true Siamese al- algae eater. Um, so I wouldn't call that fish aggressive, I'd call it assertive, um, really quick and get big enough and are curious enough and are not shy about going up and nudging other fish and things like that. So not necessarily aggressive so much in the sense that they're maybe gonna, you know, uh, bite a lot of other fish and things like that. I think the Chinese algae eaters are more likely to do that. but They're very assertive for sure, and um, to the point where uh, some people do call them aggressive. So I would call them assertive, Uh, just like, um, say, a group of torpedo barbs, roseline barbs, or um, any other really kind of boisterous fast fish that's also really quick to the food. That's how I would classify them um how about other people um anyone else had any aggression issues with uh, Siamese algae eaters true Siamese algae eaters are what these are um not not the uh, other ones um Thomas Perkins when are you getting the barbs from Africa so the African order is all ready to go um well it's not like sitting in the tanks it's all ready to go get collected and brought over I've been in contact with uh, my collector there frequently all we're waiting for at this point is the paperwork's pretty much done um but we're just waiting i've got to empty the tanks so (laughs) that's part of why i did this contest (laughs) i'm trying to clear out all these tanks um so here's what happened is i there was an issue with the agent that i usually use to bring fish in and for some reason they're not able to bring in fish from Africa. Um, I don't know the story, I I didn't ask for details, um, but they can't. And so I ended up having to go process my own import permit. Um, Usually I've just used other people that already have one, but in this case I had to get my own. And so I got my own and in researching that, it it said that it was gonna be around 90 days or so for me to get mine, so that's three months. And so I didn't want to be sitting without any fish for three months. So I went ahead and did an order, got the tanks all stocked. And then the next day I got my permit. So (laughs) how's that for good luck, right? The one time the government is efficient (laughs) is when I didn't need them to be. Um, And so basically I don't have room. So I have to uh, sell out the fish I have right now. And then once I do that, then I can finalize that order and when you buy from a collector or an exporter um, it's not like you can just buy a species I have to order a minimum of nine boxes of fish so thousands of fish for them to be uh able to ship them to me so I have to clear out the tank so I have room for all of them so that's what I'm waiting on as soon as I sell out or sell out you know almost. As soon as I clear out a lot of space, I don't have to sell every fish, but I have to clear out most of what I have, and then uh, then I'll be able to do the Africa order. And the issue is I have a lot of fish, so it's gonna it's gonna take a little while. So, all right, um, looking, 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 William. Hey, Lumpy Dob, thanks for my hundredth sub. I subbed back. All right, that's awesome, awesome, Diego. I'll try and have a second tank ready to move them back. Right now, the Danios are in a 10-gallon with... uh, Why can't my mind figure out how to say that? Volanerius? Breeding everything, but I think they would do better in a bigger tank. You know, in my experience, Danios, Zebra Danios, do pretty well in almost anything you're going to put them in. So I think they'll be fine wherever you decide that they'll be best. And, of course, if you have a plan B... you know you can always change that, so that's fine. Janet, Wittenberg bachelor, Eagles just won. All right, so it's one eye on the live stream, one eye on the football. I see, I see how it's going. Um, we call that multitasking, right? Yeah. Doug's fish adventure. Yeah, I've been trying to get your live stream, and <laughs> I feel like my and I feel like my wife is done. I enjoy it; helps the hobby, or that's what I tell her think I understood that, and I think it's a compliment. So I think I'm going to say thank you. <laughs> and I feel like the wife is done. Not quite sure what that part means, but I hope all is well, Doug's Fish Adventure. Diego, yo nací en Argentina y ahora vivo en Canadá. Well, oh, hello. Um, hace mucho tiempo que he hablado castellano porque en Wyoming no hay nadie con quien charlar, pero gusto conocerle paisano. How's that? It's probably been three years since I've said any, any, any castellano, but there's a little bit. Lumpy dog. I want a little fluvo spec so bad I really don't need it. What to do? Well, <laughs> as peck tech would say, follow your bliss. If you need it, you need it. <laughs> racing butt it all right if you need it butt it buy it is what he meant to say <laughs> or she i don't know racing's gender Aquatic, someone behind you wondering who you are talking to oh yeah my kids probably wandered down in fact i see they left the door open give me just half a second I'm talking to the friends in my head, of course. Who else would I be talking to? (laughs) Um, Just for fun, family. Okay, thank you so much. I will keep you guys posted and we'll monitor it accordingly. Yeah, curious how it goes. Aquatic, none. Cymensis are very meek. Great. Cool. Algae eaters. Cool. Um, Aquatic, have you noticed um, they're kind of quick and boisterous too? Or are they totally chill for you? And, and then I would follow that up with, just curious what temperature you keep them at, because I have a feeling that, uh, you know, the higher temperature you keep them, the, the more active they might be. Lumpy Dog, major aggression with Chinese algae eaters. Yes, totally agreed. Many times sold as Siamese algae eaters. Yeah, and that's the problem. Um, the true Siamese algae eater is a good community fish, even though in my experience it's, it's quick. I'm not calling it aggressive by any means, but it's an assertive fish in my experience, we'll see what, uh, what other folks say. Um, but the problem is in the pet store that you go to buy a Siamese algae eater and it's going to be a Chinese algae eater most of the time, especially if it's a color morph, like the golden ones and things like that. So that's the issue trying to make sure it's truly a Siamese algae eater. Um, Diego KF another multis question. Okay. For substrate, I would, We'll use Caribbean oreganite and pool sand. Is that okay? Um, let's see. Gokf. Um, the way I kept them, I'm sure that would be okay. I'm trying to think of how fine oreganite is. Um, the way I kept them was on gravel that was pretty small, so it wasn't sand. It was just a, a small grade gravel, and I found that would would do really well. I think the sand will be okay. And oreganite will do, you know, help with the pH. That'll be nice. But the problem you could run into is those multis are going to move that sand and stuff around a ton. and You're going to end up with these big piles of it. Sometimes they'll dig down all the way to the aquarium glass and make a big pit and they'll take all that sand and pile it somewhere else. So if you have a big pile of sand, then it's going to get stagnant down there deep in the sand and you'll start getting anaerobic bacteria. You'll start getting some pretty nasty chemical compounds built up down there that you might not want. So that's the only challenge I see with sand. I think uh, it'd be great for them because they're going to want to dig in it and spit it around and, and you know, they, they, they switch their bodies in it to move it and all that. Um, And that's probably more natural for them to do that in sand than on gravel. But if you can figure out how to keep the sand from getting anaerobic on you, um, then that'll be fine. Um, But that's going to be the trick in my opinion. So Malaysian trumpet snails can be helpful because they'll dig down fairly deep in the sand and they'll kind of help keep it stirred up for you. Um, or you might literally have to every few days go in with like a, a long slender, I don't know, like a chopstick type thing, something like that. And actually stir the sand a little bit just to make sure that you're not getting any dead pockets in there. That's going to be the challenge with that substrate. Um, and I found the Malaysian trumpet snails to be hugely useful in preventing that problem. But again, I was using, uh, small grade gravel i'm pretty sure they would dig down that deep in the sand though can someone else chime in has anyone else uh, kept malaysian trumpet snails on really thick sand and if so did you notice them burrowing all the way to the bottom of it um because if that's the case that'll solve your problem all right um let me dug uh, oh wait i already read that oh we're on diego Kef- Perfecto for not speaking Spanish for so long. Well, thanks. It really has been a long time. Um, Doug's Fish Adventure. She is tired of me being on live stream. Oh, sorry to hear that. Okay, I see what you're saying now. We'll bring her on. She can join the fun. (laughs) Thomas, never ask fish people if you should buy a new tank. Yeah, because of course you should. (laughs) I love Pec Tech's (laughs) sign-off. He says, um, follow your bliss and keep a a clean tank or maybe just keep a clean tank and follow your bliss. But yeah, <laughs> I always think that's sage advice. Um, aquatic. Always chill. Have 18 and 18 different tanks, 75 degrees in the fish room. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Thomas sand. So, uh, it, that's a, that's aquatics experience with, um, sci- true Siamese algae eaters. Thomas Sand diver cichlids yeah except for the molt the multis are gonna beat up on them is my fear um i like any fish that's on the bottom with the multis at that level they're gonna have a hard time Uh, that's what i would fear anyway uh nick have a good night guys on daddy duty all right enjoy Congrats to the winners, and thank you, Dan, for the contest and advice. See you on the next chat. Okay, that'll be Wednesday. Wednesday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. We'll see you then, Nick. Aquatic, trumpet snails go to the bottom always for me. Okay, great. So, um, so Diego KF, um, knowing that from Aquatic Jack, then I think you're okay to use that for the Maltese. Um, if anyone else has used uh, sand with Maltese, please chime in and, and let us know what your experience was, because I haven't tried it. I, I used gravel. Um, Preston, when I had either multis or similis, I can't remember which, they moved the sand so much it hardly stayed the same for longer than a day. Yeah, in that case, they kept it fresh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jen Standring, love pet tech. Keep your tanks clean and follow your bliss. Yeah, yeah. Now, he does some creative stuff. I, I, I love his steampunk attitude. It's, it's awesome. I love his aesthetic. He's just an artist, he's just an artist, yeah. Preston, they stirred up the sand a lot. Yep, understood what you meant there. Um, Let me dog. tell me more about the Applichylus block-eye pairs on your website, planted 20 long, yes. Can they be kept in species specific colony or will the males fight, thanks. Um, no, that sounds fantastic. A planted 20 long, especially they'll love it if there's any surface plants there or plants that grow up and over the surface. Um, They don't need the entire surface covered but they they will appreciate a at least an island of plants or section of plants somewhere on the surface where they can go under them and hang out and if you do that you'll find that they're very comfortable and they'll be all over the top of the tank and sometimes down on the bottom and middle as well but if you don't have that one little island of plants or or place where the plants grow up and there's some surface cover They'll never feel comfortable and they'll be skittish. They're extremely peaceful. Um, I think I have 75 of them right now or 100 of them in a 75-gallon tank. And they don't bother each other. They don't bother anything. So the males aren't super aggressive. They will display. They will flare. um, But I think in a 20 long, you could get a a few pairs in there and have, have no issues. They're not an extremely aggressive fish at all. Um, and you can keep them pretty much with any other peaceful species as long as they're not small enough to fit in the block eyes mouth or the black eyes aren't small enough to fit in their mouth. Right. So, no, they're super simple. And that sounds awesome. A 20 long sounds sounds beautiful for them. And again, the the larger group you keep them in, they aren't necessarily a um, schooling fish or anything like that. But they do, like you'll find little groups of them hanging out together in in different places. So they do tend to like um, some kind of companionship or some others of their species so that they know everything's chill. Yeah, but that sounds like a great tank for them. Doug's Fish Adventure, what is the key to having a successful fish room? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Well, I think it's more about the fish keeper than the fish room. Honestly, it's finding what's your style of keeping aquariums and keeping fish and, and just creating a fish room that complements your style. So I've had all kinds, I've had just the, you know, uh, two by fours or four by fours set across cinder blocks with, uh, some 10 gallon tanks on them. And that was great. Nothing automated, horrible lighting, some sponge filters, even some under gravel filters back in the day. And it worked great. Um, I just knew that once or twice a week I'd be changing, you know, 25 to 30 percent of the water. Because, again, breeding is the thing that I'm into. And to breed fish, you have to feed them heavily. And that creates a lot of waste. So I knew that I'd have to do that. And I did it. And a five-gallon bucket and, and a little siphon hose got me through a lot of years. It was fine. Um, and then you might find that, Hey, I want to get a lot of tanks. And if, if I don't do some automation or get a Python or, or something, it's going to take me just forever to do all this maintenance. And then you adjust to that, you know? So it just kind of depends on your style. So for me, what my particular style is, I love breeding fish and, um, I like fish to be robust and active in in breeding and stuff so i tend to feed a lot a lot more than your typical um seller because i'm not just trying to keep them alive um, I, I i i like to see them at their peak and they're active and all that stuff and so so i tend to feed quite a bit i feed several times a day and so for me to do that with a large quantity of fish what what makes it successful for me is bare-bottom tanks, simple but effective filtration, and automation on the water changes. Those basics. Um, if I could change something in my fish room it would be really nice lighting. I would like to do that at some point but that's so expensive to do that um, for me as long as I can see the fish clearly then that's fine because then I can see if there's diseases, I can observe their behavior Um, I can enjoy them better. So for me, it's kind of those basic things. Um, but for you, it might be, no, I want a lot of beautifully aquascaped tanks and, um, I want to be able to, um, regulate fertilizer levels and all this stuff. Uh, you know, so you would set that up very different than I would. So really figure out what's your goal. Um, what uh what is it you want to accomplish and if it's i want to keep tons of tanks with tons of species of fish then go with some automation um central air pump once you get to a certain uh number of tanks is definitely way to go central heat once you get to a certain number of tanks definitely way the way to go so kind of depends on how big it is and what your goals are um but for me it's it's quite a bit of automation and centralizing everything i can except for filtration Um, so I will say this, I never want to be in a situation where I have tanks, where, um, water is flowing out of one tank and into another where they're sharing water. That's fine for a lot of people. I'm not saying it's not, again, what's your goal, right? Um, I'm not saying it can't work, but if you're constantly bringing new fish in, like I am, you don't want to do that in my experience because all it takes is one fish with some kind of, you know, horrible bacteria and you've just wiped out the entire fish room. So that's something to be cognizant of. But if you only buy fish from other hobbyists and local breeders, and you're mostly raising your own fish and you're keeping them really long term, and you just have a quarantine tank and you put them through that and then put them in the system, you know, centralized filtration can work. But I hope that answer was okay. I know I rambled there. Um, Hannah, any tips on breeding Malaysian trumpet snails? Yeah, just get two. (laughs) Just start with a couple. They will breed, and they will breed prolifically. And um, in my experience, after a couple months, you're going to be saying, how do I get rid of Malaysian trumpet snails? Um, All you need is a couple snails and a food source, and you're going to have a ton. That's my experience anyway. Um, You know, there might be a case where it's like, man, I can't keep Malaysian trumpet snails alive, or I can't get them to reproduce. Um, that could be someone's experience, but it's not my experience in all the people I know. I, I, think, I think they're all overrun with trumpet snails too. So it's super easy. Just feed them. Um, Thomas, I don't have a ton of experience with African cichlids. I'm working on that. Yeah, sure. There's, there's some amazing African cichlids out there. Both Rift Lake and like uh, soft water, like West African they're an amazing group of fish aquatic buy 100 for 20 bucks on ebay called feeder snails you can throw them out and quick start your colony okay so they sell 100 for 20 bucks on ebay cool um william good night see y'all wednesday at seven all right see you then um seven mountain time not central time just so you know seven p.m mountain time Martin, are American flagfish any good for algae on plants? American flagfish are excellent algae eaters. The trick is to keep them from eating the plants while they're eating the algae, that's the trick. So um, what I found with them is if you put them in a tank that's planted with algae, then you just have to keep an eye on them because they'll generally eat the algae first. You might find a nip on a leaf here or there, but the moment there's not sufficient algae, they'll start eating your plants. Now, I don't know if that's true of like Anubias and Java moss and Java fern, kind of tough plants like that, but it's definitely true of any plants that aren't kind of tough in their their leaf structure, for sure. So yes, they're good for that, but keep an eye on them and be ready to move them the moment they start eating your plants instead of your algae. Now, that being said, if you have uh, I don't know, Bacopa or Kimbaba or, or, you know, some fine leaf plants. They're probably going to eat that along with the algae from the get go. So they are an excellent algae eater, but they also like to eat plants. So you just have to keep an eye on them. Um, Doug's fish adventure. I am big into aquaponics. So I was thinking about setting my fish room up so that I can grow plants and enjoy my fish hobby. I think that's awesome. There's a lot of people that do that. Um, yeah. I think that's a great idea. Um, Steve Poland did that. He's torn it down since, but there's, he has videos um, on kind of setting up his system in his basement. If I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've watched those videos, but Steve Poland Cichlids um, has a channel on YouTube. It might be worth checking out his system. Um, And there's a lot of aquaponic videos Usually they tend to be like large commercial things though, right? Um, but you could still extrapolate from that. And there are some small hobbyist ones, but I think that's awesome. Anytime you can turn your, uh, you complement your fish keeping by, oh, it also grows plants. You know, that's great. I think that's a no brainer if you want to do that. I grow herbs out of mine. Yeah. So I have little sprigs of basil that I drill a hole in the lid. I take basil. I strip the stem, I leave some leaves at the top, stick it in there, and it takes a while, but they will root out. And I can grow basil on these aquariums. Um, The other thing is mint. Mint does that really well, Um, and some other plants as well. Um, My issue is, since I medicated these tanks, (laughs) I'm not sure I can eat the basil or the mint from them, but they make the fish room smell really good, which is cool. Hannah: Thanks Jack. I just got a bunch from my LFS. They do 10 for a dollar. Yeah, great. I don't know if there was anything I could do to help kickstart the repopulating. Haven't had snails before. Yeah, I agree with Aquatic. Just feeding, they do their own thing. Yeah, they'll they'll reproduce quick for you, Hannah. Thomas, add water. Yeah, add water and food. Duck's Fish Adventure. Thank you, Dan. I would have a quarantine system for sure. Yeah. Yep. Thomas, I've never had them eat java fern. Flagfish can be tough on moss. Okay, so they shredded your moss, but not your fern. Good to know. Um, Hannah, I have to go, but I'm sending you an email about killifish, and I apologize. Now it is not very organized, and I have a lot of questions. No worries. Just send it over. It's it's not an essay that you're turning in right for a grade. It's just some questions. Sure, send it right over. All right, we've reached, reached the bottom of the chat. It's Oh, it's been an hour and 20 minutes. Well, goodness gracious. No wonder everyone's leaving. I'm going to leave too. So... Um, <laughs> so thanks everyone for joining congrats again to our winner um john Dicking. congratulations and um that's it for the contest thanks for coming along for the ride i'll be back seven o'clock mountain time on wednesday and anyone that can make it i'll look forward to seeing you then good night everybody